Hello, and welcome to episode 20 of Take These Songs, a podcast about people and the music that they are committed to. Hi, this is your host and creator, Matt Alana Martin, not your creator. <laughs> oh, that was, that's a very egotistical way to start the podcast. No, the creator of this podcast that you're currently listening to, Take These Songs, creator of that and a few jokes couple songs here and there but that's that's I'm not your creator no no thank you I don't want to get into any sort of theological discussion this early in the podcast that was an awkward way to start but I'm going to keep it because why not let's have fun if you are brand new to the podcast it usually starts way smoother than that way smoother or at least partially smoother than that if we're going to be honest and this is how the podcast works I invite someone onto the podcast that I know is a huge music fan to bring four songs with them. Something old, which is any song that is 25 years old or older. Something new, which is any song that was released within the last year. Something borrowed, which is any cover song. And something blue, which is a song that really gets them in the emotions, right? Gets them in the feels, as we used to say. This podcast, keeping that slang alive, it's any song that gets them in the feels. And they talk about those songs and what those songs mean to them, uh, how they first experienced them, uh, their favorite parts of the songs, all kinds of stuff like that, which you're about to hear. If you are a David Britton fan and that's what brought you to this podcast, thank you for being here. I appreciate you. Uh, you will experience the podcast here in just a few brief minutes. I mean the meat of the podcast, like the, the music talking part. Yeah, we still got a little bit of housekeeping to do before we do that. The guest of this episode is David J. Britton. He doesn't go by the J. I just <laughs> felt like throwing it in there. I know his middle initial because we've known each other for a very long time. David and I are both stand-up comedians, but our friendship predates that by several years. Uh, we knew each other from the music scene in Bloomington, Indiana, uh, and then also just bumming around town and doing other kind of comedy-adjacent things, even when we were musicians. Uh, he hosted a very funny radio show on WFHB that I was a guest on a couple of times. Uh, he's been involved in a couple of different podcasts over the years, and I think that I've also been involved in those. I think I was a guest on some of those sometimes, but just a very naturally funny guy uh, who, of course, obviously was going to find his way to stand-up comedy eventually and we're so glad that he did because he's super funny he now calls upstate new york his home you can catch him performing all throughout the empire state as well as other parts of the country when he goes on little tours which i believe he has one coming up not too long from now but i'll tell you fair listeners all the places you can follow david at the end of the podcast his different social medias uh his podcast that you can check out which is very funny and all that kind of good stuff at the end of the podcast. But first, we do have a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, if you don't mind, uh, go ahead and subscribe. If I, I know we were only a couple minutes into this and you've, you've only heard me rambling, but let's just, just take a chance. huh? Let's have a little faith. Let's subscribe in this podcast and uh, rate and review at the end of it. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to go ahead and throw us uh, a review and a rate. Uh, those things uh, seem to really help with the algorithm and helps put the podcast in front of new ears. And we are trying to grow this thing. It is very small. <laughs> We are a very boutique, uh, handcrafted, artisanal, small audience podcast. And I love that. I love the people who come back and listen every single week. I do. Thank you for being here once again. I appreciate you, uh, regular listeners. Um, but it would be nice if we could grow it a little bit. So just for everyone listening, if you haven't done that already, subscribe, rate, and review. Recommend a friend if you, uh, if you enjoy it. That would be very cool. Before we get into things, I do want to let you know about some of the things I have going on uh, with my particular comedy career. Uh, I'll just tell you real quickly some of the dates I have coming up, uh, and we'll we'll leave it at that. I don't need to bore you with all the other stuff. Ooh, I do have one thing I do want to bore you with, though, <laughs> if I may. Um, 
I've talked about this previously on the podcast. I kind of got caught up in a huge thing that's happening in comedy where a lot of comedians' albums were removed from Spotify and Pandora and uh, SiriusXM and a lot of other places that are important to us. It's how we get new fans and make a little bit of money on the side and things like that, and then emphasis on the little bit there. But still, every little bit helps. Uh, but I'm very happy to say that I think all this is getting resolved. I had someone tell me that they heard a track off my new album on Sirius the other day. Uh, so I guess I'm back on Sirius, which is cool. Uh, and then I also checked, and I am back on Spotify. I did not check Pandora, but I think I'm back on that too. So uh, good news. I just want to start this episode off. And by start, I mean five minutes into the episode. Uh, give us a little bit of good news. Uh, it seems like all of that is getting resolved, uh, which I'm very excited about. Uh, it's nice to be back on all those streaming services. If you haven't checked out any of my albums, uh, apparently you can again. <laughs> They were always up on Apple Music and Deezer. They never left those in title. Uh, I don't really understand all of it, but they were always there. They never got pulled from those, but they got pulled from the other things. But if you are a Spotify person or a SiriusXM person, you can now check out all three of my albums on those services and, uh, you know, listen to some jokes and ha have some laughs on me. I do have some live dates I want to let you know about quickly. Uh, this weekend, August 12th and the 13th, I'll be at the Laughing Tap in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, bringing my sweet, sweet boy Mitchell Potts with me. Uh, we're going to have a good time there. Uh, the following weekend, this is brand new, just got added to the calendar, uh, August 18th through the 20th, I'll be featuring at Summit City Comedy in Fort Wayne, Indiana, my first time at that brand new club, excited to do that. Uh, and then the following weekend, August 26th and the 27th, I'll be at Wiley's in Dayton, Ohio, one of my favorite clubs to perform at, the oldest comedy club in the state of Ohio. A little bit of history there. Yeah, very exciting. And then the following weekend, I'll just let you know that September 2nd and September 3rd, I'll be back at the Comedy Corner Underground in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Lots of other dates. I'm very happy about how full my fall has gotten. Uh, you can check out all of my upcoming dates in October, November, and December by going to my website, which is madelonomartincomedy.com. Every one of those words has a hyphen in between it besides comedy and com, in which there is a dot. So that is M-A-T hyphen A-L-A-N-O hyphen M-A-R-T-I-N hyphen comedy.com. All right, that's it. I, I know it's a, it's a little crass to do all that self-promotion, but it's, it's important, you know, I gotta, gotta spread the word out. I'm not just a podcast host and creator. I'm also, I'm also a working comic out there on the road. And I would love it if you came out to a show, had some laughs, and then come up to me at the merch table and tell me that you enjoy the podcast. That would be a thrill, honestly. It would, it would mean a lot to me if somebody did that. So just file that away as a thing you can do for me for my birthday, which is coming up August 27th. You could just, that could be my birthday gift if you want to do that. Okay. I have rambled on quite enough. So let's jump into it. this episode of the podcast with my guest, David Britton, and his first two picks for something old and something new. Hey, Matt. Uh, first of all, I wanted to say thank you so much for asking me to be on the podcast. I've been listening to it, and it's really a fun way to, like, discover music is to hear, you know, a lot of people I know talk about the songs that they love. So uh, anyway, very cool concept. Uh, so anyway, let me get into uh, my first choice for something old. I've chosen the song, Send Me a Postcard by Shocking Blue. I'm going to say 1969 is when this came out. Uh, although it wasn't really popular in the United States, uh, 
but it was a hit in the Netherlands. Shocking Blue is a Dutch band, probably best known, or definitely best known for the song Venus, which was a huge number one hit all over the world in like 1969 as well, or 1970. Um, and was later a number one hit for Banana Rama when they did a cover of it. So I think most people know them from that song. And uh, Venus, also a great fucking song, like uh, rightly has its place in rock and roll history. Uh, it's interesting to mention that like they were a, a Dutch band, but they chose to record all their songs in English. That way they could be a bigger international success, you know, and they were obviously influenced by, you know, the Beatles and the popular bands at the time. So I first became aware of this song. I went to see a documentary uh, film festival. It was just like a one-night festival of like short 10-minute documentaries. And one of the documentaries was about these kids who built a dirt bike park on, if I remember correctly, they built like their own little BMX dirt park in an abandoned lot and was about them like digging up a bunch of dirt and making hills and spraying the hills with water and all this stuff and so it was about that and it had all this footage of the kids like going up and down the hills you know interviews but also just like footage of them doing tricks on these dirt hills and it was a fun documentary but when they're showing that part they were playing this song and I'd never heard it before and immediately I was like, what the fuck is this? I love this song. And went home, Googled the lyrics, found this song. And, you know, I don't play guitar, but I'm a huge fan of just like a good, like crunchy, buzzy guitar tone. And so I heard this guitar tone. and So the song starts out with just the guitar riff, which is a great just straight up rock riff. And I wish I knew like what his setup was, what the guitar, amp, pedal, whatever thing he's playing through is. Cause, and they start off with just the riff with no other instruments underneath it, which I think is very wise cause that's the star of the song in my opinion. And then, you know, he plays through the riff and then the drums come in real loud, like boom. The song takes off. And lyrically, it's fine. Like, the lyrics certainly aren't bad. Uh, I don't think there's anything necessarily special about them. I do enjoy that she rhymes understand with woman. Um, and I wish I can't remember the lead singer's name now. Uh, it's some like very difficult for me to pronounce, you know, like Dutch name. Uh, but anyway, she reminds me a little of Grace Slick from Jefferson Airplane. 
So, like I said, the lyrics are 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 fine, but and I I think it could come across as like really pleading by anyone else, you know, because the lyrics are like, "Before loneliness can break my heart, send me a postcard, darling." Uh, but the way that she sings it is real demanding and powerful, where she's like, "Send me a postcard now." I made her sound a little too much like Darth Vader, but you get it. And anyway, and then there's this great little like drum break, uh, just like I think a one measure, just drum fill where all the other instruments, again, it's a loud song, but they do a really good job of dropping instruments in and out. And, you know, it builds to this like keyboard solo with that great like electronic piano or organ sound that we're used to from psychedelic rock from the 60s. So it builds up to that. And then a real hard stop, and then a quick little do 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 do, and right back into the song, which I think is super effective. It reminds me, I'm sure you know the song "Girlfriend" by Matthew Sweet, uh, where it goes back in the arms of a good friend, do 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 do, and it's like that same kind of thing. I don't know everything about this uh, song. I love. It's just one of those that's like, it's always going to get turned up uh, whenever I'm in my car and it comes on like my mix or whatever. So yeah, uh, send me a postcard by Shocking Blue. Check it out. Check out their whole catalog because they're like a really awesome band. So for my something new, I chose the song 5,000 Hailstones by Penza Penza, which is a band that I had not heard of until this week, in fact. So that's pretty new, at least for me. And I think the song came out even like in the last week or so, maybe. I could be wrong. Uh, originally, I was going to choose the song Chaise Lounge by Wet Leg, and then I looked at him like, oh shit, that's uh, almost a year old now, like it came out in 2021. So uh, I went back and looked through some of the newer stuff I was listening to, and I came across this song like as I was looking, so I hadn't heard it before. But it's a, I couldn't find out much about the band Pensa Pensa. I don't think, I, I swear I like bands from America too, but I think they're not uh, an American or English band. They, uh, so this song is an instrumental, except there's like just some like yelling, like someone going, yeah, like kind of quietly. 
not quietly, but low in the mix in the background. Yeah, it reminds me kind of of Beck in that way where there's a lot going on. There's even in this song, actually a lot of the things I liked about the Shocking Blue song I like about this. Like I love the guitar parts. There's a lot of different uh, guitar parts going on and they all have a really cool sound. And just everything, I, I don't know. I like that it sounds kind of like a garage rock song, but also a funk song at the same time. There's also a really great, like, noisy breakdown in this that reminds me of something uh, Beck would do again. Although, on just listening to the song, Beck is not the first artist you think of when you hear it. I wish I tried to find out more about this band, but they're really, you know, just like my cursory research didn't reveal much about them. But it was fun to just like be looking around and discover something that instantly I was like, oh, this is a fun song. I think maybe as I get a little older, I just want something fun that kind of rocks out a little bit. And not that this is like a loud like metal songery thing but it's a fun like kind of lo-fi but well-engineered funk graduate rock song So I hope you like it. I wish I knew more about it, uh, but I don't. I know I, I like the whole album, which seems uh, similar. It's on an album called Neanderthal Rock. So if you like this one, check out that whole album. I don't think they have a huge catalog or anything. I think they're kind of a newer band, too. So check out Penza Penza, Neanderthal Rock. This is the last track on that album called 5,000 Hailstones. So... I hope you dig this. Hey everybody, Matt here at the Halfway Point, just jumping in very quickly to let you know that this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Postcard Alba. Postcard Alba, an eclectic music blog for people who enjoy that sort of thing. Posting small postcard-sized reviews of brand new music Monday through Friday. It's everything from indie rock, eclectic pop, underground hip-hop, psych rock, Indie folk. Weird stuff, man. It runs the gamut. Oh, heavy metal occasionally. There's an occasional metal track that's very enjoyable thrown into that mix. Yeah. Post-punk. Oh, you you know it. Punk rock. Yeah. All that good stuff. Five days a week, it's underground, undiscovered, and underappreciated music at Postcard Elba. PostcardElba.com. That is P-O-S-T-C-A-R-D-E-L-B-A.com.
That's it. Just got the one ad read. Let's jump back into this episode with our guest, David Britton, and his picks for Something Borrowed and Something Blue. So for my Something Borrowed, I went with... uh, do Me by Belle Biv DeVoe as covered by Richard Cheese. I really hope you find this amusing. I picked this A because I love it and B in the hopes that you would also find it as amusing as me. You might hear this and be like, Jesus fucking Christ, David. This barely even counts as a cover, which is which is true. I mean, Richard Cheese, I, I very much enjoy because I a lot of covers, not all, but a, a fair number of covers, there's a, a degree of humor to them. And uh, certainly with Richard Cheese, he comes at it, you know, like someone like Weird Al, uh, at least in his later work, like early on, Weird Al had instrumentally was like basically accordion and a guy making noise with his hands. Uh, but certainly, you know, later on in his career and the stuff we're most familiar with is him trying, doing the music almost exactly the same as the artist and changing the lyrics. And then artists like Richard Cheese will do the opposite. Well, they'll basically keep the lyrics the same and change the music in a way that like, even if you love the original song is kind of like a funny uh, kind of things. It's me. It's do me, do me. Two separate words. D O, and then M E. Do me. So the song "Do Me" by Belle Biv DeVoe, and I didn't look this up, but I believe was their biggest hit. I think it was a bigger hit at the time than Poison. Uh, which I think has had more staying power. Like, I would not be surprised if I was out uh, at a bar and heard Poison, the the song Poison by Belle Biv DeVoe being played. Or I think it probably now has a place in, like, what uh, I heard someone call wedding funk, where you have, like, you know, that's when you're going to hear your brick houses and your play that funky music, White Boys. You know, both of which are good songs, but I think, you know, have been overplayed to the point that people are kind of sick of them. Uh, So people now might be more familiar with the song Poison, which is a great song. Uh, But at the time, I think Do Me was more of a hit. Do Me. Big hit. Belle Biv DeVoe. Do Me. Not Dome. Do Me. You know, I heard this song just listening to the Richard Cheese album that it was on. And it's, you know, in the middle of the album, it's a departure. I can't remember where the track is in the album. I don't know if it's in the middle, but it's such a departure from what we're already used to and the ridiculousness of it. Um, And there's really only one joke to this. 
But as a comedian, I really appreciate the simplicity of that joke and the idea that, like, the joke's on him, right? Like, he's the butt of his own joke in this song by getting it wrong in this really obvious, funny way. And then, I mean, this turns into more of a sketch than even a cover, so uh, I hope you'll forgive me for that. I hope you find it as funny as I did. Like, the first time I heard it, I literally laughed out loud, like, a lot, and uh, probably played it too much for people and annoyed them. So, anyway, uh, yeah, Do Me by Belle Biv DeVoe as covered by Richard Cheese. Well, fuck you! So for my final selection, for my Something Blue selection, I've chosen the song Chubby Kid by the Palace Flophouse. Uh, this song was actually somewhat hard for me to find. It's on Bandcamp, in case I forget to tell you that later. Uh, it was hard for me to find because the members of the Palace Flophouse are in this other band called Coed Pageant. And I, you know, I kind of know those guys and I'd seen them and I kept trying to look this song up under co-ed pageant and couldn't find it and couldn't find it. And it was, uh, it was the Palace Flophouse. I think it was their first album. And sometimes bands, you know, with their very first album later decide like, well, we don't like it as much. And then, you know, you can't necessarily find it again. So I thought like, Maybe they got rid of that album, which was sad because I loved it. And then I remembered, oh, it was the other band. It was the Palace, the Palace Flophouse. But if you like this song, uh, also check out Coed Pageant because they have a much larger back catalog. I think they have like 12 albums out. Whereas the Palace Flophouse, I think maybe only ever put out two. In 1993, I was a chubby kid. All my friends were thin I rode my bike down to the public pool I took my shirt off and I jumped This whole song, uh, this whole album, which I believe was called Try Not To Get Worried, uh, which is good advice in general. Or it might have even been called It's Okay To Try Not To Get Worried. Uh, which is a great album name. But anyway, the whole album is just full of like, there were so many choices on this album for just like tearjerker weepers. And I know you said it didn't have to be a sad song, uh, but this, so many songs on this album get to me. Like there's a song about being let out of prison and like a prisoner looking forward to getting out of prison and it's supposed to sound optimistic, but I think this guy, the songwriter, is so good at like conveying these like subtle emotions where 
the guy's talking about wanting to get out, how he's so happy he's going to get out of prison sometime in the future. But it's implied that it's pretty far off. But then there's this bitterness that's underneath, which maybe even the narrator of the song doesn't get, but we as the audience get. I think he's just a really brilliant songwriter that that way. Um, there's another song that was a big contender for this spot for me called Birthday. That's kind of like a reverse. It's a Wonderful Life where he's talking about how much better off everyone would be if he was never born and how... Like his mom and dad had more time for their passions and how his brother and sister got the attention they deserved. Uh, so all like real good weepers. I was never ashamed. I was never ashamed. I was never ashamed until then. But to my surprise, girls still wanted to date. But this song, Chubby Kid, uh, for, it's, it's a song about shame. It's a song about how we all just have to learn to deal with that. And we learn it as a, at a young age. We, at some point, we uh, learn to be ashamed of our, of our own bodies, usually, in some way and it's just that loss of innocence the fact that it's a, a kid and it starts out there's even a little trick to the lyrics of the song where he sings I was never ashamed over and over again and you're like you think it's going to be empowering the first time you're like yeah kid you were never ashamed good for you and then it ends with I the final iteration is I was never ashamed until then. And then you're like, oh, no. And then there's uh, another lyric about him, you know, later being afraid to date girls. And the lyric is, my friends thought I was probably right. No one could love me when they knew what my body was like. And just like that. You know, we all, I remember I, when I was a kid, I was really small. I like, I was super short and skinny and being taught that that was like a shameful thing and like i don't know so your heart really breaks for this kid and then instrumentally the song i think is just guitar cello lead vocal background vocal so it's really sparse uh and really slow uh which makes it super effective for me And I still, I've heard this song a million times and I still tear up a little bit every time I hear it. You know, especially I think as a dad and having worked with kids for a while and just the heartbreak that you experience when you're that age is just so much. You haven't built up the defenses yet, which maybe is a good thing, but it's just so much deeper and more profound at that age. 
maybe profound is not the right word, but yeah, it just hurts so much more. You don't have the coping mechanisms you develop later in life. So, you know, I have this theory about sadness that it's a lot like fear when you experience it through fiction. Like, you know, people pay a lot of money to go to like a theme park and ride terrifying roller coasters that give you this feeling that you're going to die, but you know you're actually safe. So it's this kind of thrill. And I think there's something similar in sadness where if you read a book, watch a movie, listen to a song that makes you really sad, but it's fictitious and you know it's not an actual part of your life. There's something cathartic about that too, about experiencing that sadness. And this song and this whole album really does that for me. I So Chubby Kid by The Palace Flophouse, uh, the whole album it's on is great. There's a, there's a lot of fun, uh, more upbeat songs too. Although I think those lyrics are all sad as well. Anyway, thank you, Matt, so much for having me do this. It's been really fun to go back and think about these songs again. Uh, so yeah, I hope you enjoy them and uh, I hope I get to see you soon when I'm back in Indiana. Bye, bud. We did it, everybody. For the 20th time, we have made it through another episode of the podcast in the books and in our hearts. Thank you so much, David, for being an amazing guest. I knew you would kill it and throw me a curveball <laughs> with the Richard Cheese. I don't. I hope people appreciate how hard it was to edit a, an 80-second long joke track <laughs> in a way that the joke still worked and made sense. Hopefully you all followed that. That he's, he's mispronouncing Doomy is Dome, and then the other person is the producer, and then he's yelling at the end. I, hopefully it still worked all chopped up like that to make it fit the format of this podcast. That's the kind of, uh, that's the kind of dickhead move an old friend will do for you on your podcast. <laughs> but I also love Richard G., so I'm glad that you picked that. Everybody, please uh, check out my dickhead friend, David Britton, uh, in all the different ways that you can. Uh, he's on social media at Lasersaurus. That is his Twitter account, Lasersaurus, L-A-Z-E-R-S-A-U-R-U-S. I'm pretty sure that is all of the accounts. Let's double check real quick. We'll pull up the old Instagram. Yep, he's Lasersaurus on all of the different social medias, Instagram, Twitter, all that kind of good stuff. I don't know if David has a TikTok, probably, uh, but that's what he would be under if he did. Lasersaurus. You can also check out his fantastic podcast, Do You Know What Time It Is, available on all the different streaming services where you normally get podcasts. It is a super fun, super interesting improvisational podcast. Uh, it has a very simple conceit. The device in which the podcast is built around uh, is very simple, but it always pays off. It's always very funny. Honestly, one of my favorite podcasts to listen to, and you should check it out too. Take These Songs is produced and created by Matt Alano Martin. Hi, hello, me again, in case you, in case you forgot, that's me. 
And our theme music is by Go to Space Die. Go to Space Die is the instrumental space rock project of Dagan Thorgerson, and their new album, Red Air Don't Care, is available on bandcamp.com. We'll be back next week with yet another episode of the podcast. But until then, as always, here's hoping that you find music to have and to hold.